Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey and Toratory. I'm your host, Dan Riley. The older I get, the more disdain I have for cliches. By definition, they are overused, tired, and in most cases, unimaginative by their invokers. When we use them, we are hitching our wagon to somebody else's creativity. To be fair, most people use cliches out of rote habit. And it's a bad habit, to be sure. But it's not a conscious effort at purloining another's genius. To reach the status of cliché, however, there had to have been a time when the phrase was witty, creative, and wielded a tremendous rhetorical power. Why else would they have been used so often, so often as to become overused? We retire cans of beans once they pass their sell-by date. We ought to do the same with clichés. Like a lot of other people, clichés grate on me to varying degrees. When I hear, at the end of the day, I get so annoyed I want to engage the offender in a Socratic type of debate. All right, Johnny, you said, at the end of the day, it's all good. Which day were you talking about? And what do you consider the end of the day? When the sun goes down or when the clock strikes midnight? When you said it's all good, you used all as a pronoun in the sentence. Which nouns were previously used to which you were referring back? I'd like to know precisely what is going to be good when the sun goes down or when the clock strikes midnight. Of course, I'm usually too polite to engage in such a dialogue, unless of course it's one of my golfing buddies. So I typically just tune out just like audiences do all the time. I am a golf fan. I both play it and watch the pros play it, mostly on television. One of the largest and most popular events for we golf fans is the U.S. Open. It is played once a year on a rotating basis at any one of about 50 courses. Just a couple of years ago, the broadcast rights were awarded to a station that had previously never carried the event. They hired, as their chief on-air analyst, a Hall of Fame golfer. I wish I could tell you how he did as an analyst, but I can't. He punctuated almost every sentence or prefaced the substance of every sentence with, at the end of the day. After a few hours into the broadcast, by my count, he had over 75 at the end of the days. I muted the television for the duration of the broadcast. Our Hall of Fame announcer was not rehired the following year. Subsequently, I read an article in which he was quoted as saying he was given no reason as to why his contract was not renewed. Well, at the end of the day, I think I can give you at least 75 reasons. His situation reminded me of a video psychologists often show regarding selective attention. The video shows several people in a loose circle passing a basketball. The viewers are asked to count how many times the basketball is passed among the people dressed in white. Because the video viewers are hyper attentive to the fast moving basketball among the players dressed in white, they do not see a man dressed in a black gorilla suit walking right through the circle. While our announcer friend wanted us to notice the bogeys and the birdies, his speech patterns were such that all we noticed were black gorillas. 
which rendered his analysis for those with a tuned ear intolerable. I have not reached the same level of intolerance with idioms. This podcast is chock full of them. What I do find annoying, however, is when people try and create idioms for no other reason than to earn the reputation as a creator of idioms. We often experience this with sportscasters. It might be because the unparalleled success of the late legendary Los Angeles Lakers sportscaster Chick Hearn. He had an uncanny ability at creating widely used idioms. He coined phrases not just used in basketball circles, but are now metaphors among the general population. Slam dunk, air ball, words eye view, he's a hot dog, throws a prayer. Chick's list is extensive. There are a couple of sportscasters in the golf and tennis worlds who are constantly trying their hand at creating idioms. Their attempts, I must be blunt, sound so stupid that I am almost embarrassed for them. Just last season, a different golf maven frequently used the term, he needs to legislate better on the greens. Say what? It had to be a rehearsed attempt at adding a new idiom to the golfing lexicon. He can't be so stupid as to not know what the word legislate means. I hope not anyway. For those unfamiliar with golf, the green is where golfers complete a given hole, the place where they do something called putt that would be hit the ball with a flat-headed club into the hole underneath the flag. To legislate, as we all know, is to make laws. What the hell was this guy thinking? Now, if I watch golf when he is commentating, I just mute the television. I don't want to end this topic without paying some respect to cliches, though. After all, before they were cliches, they were a widely used rhetorical device. They were once in vogue and their users once urbane. Rhetorical devices are a staple for any effective writer or speaker. They are to the wielder of words what colors are to a painter. You see, words aren't real. They are just agreed upon symbols to convey reality. So it is with their creative use that we help readers or listener conjure the images of reality we are trying to impart. Words don't contain information, they transmit information. Before a cliche lost its vitality, that's what it did. It conjured up a multi-dimensional view of the world that the literal meaning of the words cannot do. Clichés once had, as all rhetorical devices do, a synergistic quality. Think of this phrase, there you go again. Those four words capture a reality that might otherwise take three sentences to define. The person at which the phrase is being directed is not quite being called a liar, but pretty darn close. They're somewhere between hyperbolic and a fibber. They have a kind of shady quality too, but they're not really a gangster. This phrase better captures the multi-dimensionality of our reality than would the phrase, he is a prevaricator of certain facts. At their peak, what we now call cliches were once part of our lexicon. So, at the end of the day, we must give them their due, thank them for their service, and then bid them farewell. This podcast was intended to be about a fascinating book, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, 
But when I realized I was introducing it with a tired old cliche, I got lost, as I often do, into a stream of consciousness. So, for my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds. We're on the move now.